morning. There you go. You guys are awake. Are you ready to worship the Lord? Because I am. We're going to start with the battle hymn. Glory, glory, hallelujah.
could not stand, there we go, could not stand the Battle Hymn of the Republic. What? Yeah, I know, right? The Battle Hymn of the Republic, that was a, it was a Civil War song sung by the North. Uh, it was that's the Battle Hymn of the Republic. And so every Sunday night, one of us ornery boys, which we got a bunch in this church, would raise our hand and say, sing page 518 was the page in the Baptist hymn. And Mamaw Buckner would turn around and look at us every Sunday night. So I, I don't think I've, I've heard that song sung until then. So thank you guys uh, for, for opening with that this morning. It brought me back to when I was an honorary little kid in church. Uh, so I'm glad you're here this morning. Um, it's spring break. I, hey, I, I, you guys, I tell you all the time, I love spring. Uh, crappie fishing and turkey hunting and college basketball, which we went to Nashville the last couple of days and watched some basketball. But there's one thing I don't like about spring. And, and our, I don't know, the government needs to do away with it. Do something good, government, and get rid of spring daylight savings time. Ugh. But you're here this morning on an hour less sleep, and I'm glad you're here this morning uh, to worship our Lord and Savior together. We have an exciting day, a special day, as the Gideons are here, and they do important work. They're going to talk, and I'll preach a sermon, but he's going to... Uh, talk this morning. Alan with the Gideons is here, so thank you for coming today. Uh, he'll do a presentation a little bit later on. And it's important work, because there's one thing when we're in Nashville uh, the last couple of days, I always like to grab a Bible and open the Bible and leave some cash in for the the cleaner and, and write a Bible verse or, or highlight a Bible verse. And we tore that hotel room apart looking for a Gideon Bible, and there wasn't one. And I asked Alan this morning, he said, yeah, it's a spiritual battle we're fighting right now that there's some hotel chains now that are not allowing Bibles. And so it's important work that, that God's Word is get, getting put out. That's why we have them come every year and we support it. So uh, anyway, I'm glad you're here this morning. Enough, enough me wasting time with stuff like this. Let's open with a word of prayer and have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning that we're here, uh, Lord, to worship you uh, in spirit and in truth, worship you by giving uh, in song and by the teaching and preaching of your word today. Uh, God, I love this congregation. I love this body. I'm excited to be here today. Just bless our time together. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Uh, take a couple minutes this morning. Welcome, everyone.
You may be seated this morning. So, today's special Sunday. Mike and Kim, come on up here. Our new associate pastor arrived this week from South Dakota, and during our youth auction, I can't remember who it was, I believe it was Steve and Dana, but they bid on um, a, uh, some woodworking, and that was made for you. And so I wanted to give you that. It's for your desk. Uh, it's, his name is titled Crossbridge Logo on it. And we're, we are just so excited you're here. You got anything you want to say, Mike? This is Mike and Kim Estelle. Uh, I would say a lot of you know them. Some of you don't. So you're going to get to enter, uh, you're going to get to know them, obviously, over the next months and years together. You got anything you guys want to say? <laughs> uh, we're just excited to be back, and uh, we're ready to get after it for the, the kingdom. Uh, we're grateful. Uh, when we left here two years ago, uh, it was the hardest thing that we've ever had to do in our entire life. And, uh, and so we're grateful that God provided this opportunity to come back and, and to be there to be with, with you guys. And so thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Okay. Is this mic on? Guys, you want to turn this mic on? Okay. Good deal. Um, I, I need our, our uh, seniors that are doing their senior projects we have, we have something also special this morning. Um, at Marshfield High School, the seniors that are in Scholars English uh, do senior projects. And we have a, yeah, we have a couple of senior projects. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let Travis go first. He is having a wing off. Yes, I'm having a wing cook off. This will be Saturday, April 15th. Uh, so it's a ways away, but, you know, it's always nice to get the word out. So if you're interested in doing this, all the money uh, from this will go towards the Marshfield Parks Department. This is not just a wing-off, but it also will be a festival. The wing-off is just happening at the festival. Um, so if you're interested, uh, it's $15 for each cook. Uh, there will be prizes involved. Uh, there's a crowd's favorite as well as celebrity judges will be there. Uh, Mike Henry is one of them, as well as Natalie McNish. And uh, Sheriff Cole will be there, as well as uh, uh, Stacy Atkinson will be there as well. Yep, uh, $5 to try seven wings. So if you're interested, just not to cook, but just to come and try them, $5 for that. But yeah, that's something happening. Uh, and maybe at this festival, we'll get Jeff Jeff to come out and sit in the dunk tank and put some ice water well, in there. Well, I was wondering why, I'm not a, why am I not a celebrity judge? I mean, I, I want to <laughs> eat the wings, guys. It's not on my diet, but, I mean, we can take a day, right? Yeah, um, and uh, Roxy Chisholm has also offered, uh, if any of the freeway guys want to do it, she has offered to pay for you guys, so. Yeah. Sweet. All right, thank you. All right, so, Suze? Yeah, I'll take, I'll take it away. So, many of you guys might already know, but I am doing a school assembly for 7th and 8th graders, and John Stroop is coming in and sharing his testimony and he's going to be, like, talking about drugs and alcohol to these kids, and they need to hear it. And so um, there's a lot going on with that. Like, it was so hard to get approved. Like, when I tell you, like, I went through the ringer with it, like, with the school. And so it's amazing that I'm even getting to, like, have it happen. But um, there's, like, some things that you guys can do because I cannot have a lot of people go. So I can only have, like, 10, 15 people, and so I've really had to limit it to family and other people, so I want you guys to pray, because um, we're doing giveaway prizes for the kids, and every prize I get, 
I'm gonna put a slip of paper with freeway information along with Crossbridge information. So I wanna pray that the kids that get those prizes are the kids that need it and the families that need to hear. And then two, we're giving away prizes. And so if you guys could like donate anything to get like $5 gift cards or if you have $5 gift cards laying around, that would be greatly appreciated. And then also, can you hold this for a second? Yeah. Or this, hold this, please. Am I the model? Yeah, you're the model. So This is not my size. <laughs> <laughs> I made t-shirts, and so if you guys like have a seventh or eighth grader that goes to the junior high that wants to wear one in support, um, you can go by the sports shack and buy one. So, and you will need to do that ASAP so she can get them made. But I just wanted to announce that if you guys wanted to buy one, you could. So, um, try it on. Is that what you guys want me to do? Twelve or fourteen dollars. And then also, since there's not going to be a lot of people like allowed at the school, I'm going to have it Facebook Live, so you can you guys can also watch it there. So, yeah, that's my senior project. So be praying, and then if you can donate, you can donate. Woo! Do you need to say anything? She asked me to come up here just because of one of the main things was I know there's so many people who want to go and people keep asking her to um, be allowed to come to the event because I know like every single person wants to go, but it really is one of those things where she hates saying no and so she asked me to tell people no. (laughs) 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 I can say no easily. You're You're the enforcer, is that what we're hearing? Okay. So that's why she's doing the Facebook Live, you guys. So um, if there's a lot of people who are off that day or want to be here, maybe you guys can, like, stream it together and watch it and pray about it before the event and stuff so that maybe we can get a lot more um, support. The other thing was we went around the city um, asking for donations and stuff, and we did get some good donations. But the thing is, the more donations we get, the more we get the message out as well as we also want to be able to put coffee and donuts out for the teachers the day before, um, just because as teachers, we like to be bribed. So um, we love getting free stuff. It's a teacher thing. So we're going to try to put those out the day before. So if anyone wants to donate towards that as well, that would be amazing. And we can also put on there from Crossbridge Church. So anything that the church donates, any person in here wants to donate money or gift cards or anything, we get to put as much logos and stuff on those products as we can because we're not allowed to really say God, So, but we can say those kind of things, especially if it's donated from the church. We're not allowed to, but we're going to, right? Yeah. <laughs> you bunch of rebels. Okay, so support the seniors. Support the seniors. Okay, a couple more announcements. Women's ministry events this week. Women's coffee. Wednesday morning at Grillo's Coffee and Breakfast, 8.30 a.m., ladies, 8.30 a.m., uh, Wednesday morning for coffee. Young, next young adult college event is going to be March 25th, Saturday, March 25th at 6 p.m. They're going to have a campfire by the creek uh, at the Curley's house. So check the Facebook page, Young Adults College class, uh, for that. What else we got? Uh, March 18th, this is coming up. March 18th, men's prayer breakfast at 8 a.m. at Grillo's, fellas. April 7th is the Good Friday service at 7 p.m. April 7th is our Good Friday service at 7 p.m. There'll be an Easter egg hunt to follow, so bring in eggs and candy. I don't think you need the eggs, just the candy, right? We got the eggs, just candy for the um, eggs for the Easter egg hunt. And then, of course, Easter morning, 
We'll be announcing more on Easter, Easter morning, but we will have breakfast together Easter morning after the sunrise service and then our regular uh, worship time. First softball game, if you're on the softball team, is March 20th at 9.30 p.m. No practice this week because all the rain. Anything else that I forgot? Yes. <clears throat> Discipleship this afternoon at 4.30. Men's Bible study at 6 p.m. Anything else? Come Wednesday night, Wednesday night, 6 p.m. dinner, 6.45. Mike, uh, Mike and Kim will give a testimony, talk about how God's brought them full circle back here to Crossbridge. That's news to Kim, but she's in. Okay. All right, anything else? If you would stand this morning, let's take up our morning offering and have a worship time before we uh, have our uh, Alan come and talk about the Gideons and we preach the word. Lord Jesus, I thank you again for the opportunity, Lord, to be here this morning, uh, Lord, to preach your word and, and, to, and, and for Alan to be here to talk about how important it is that we get your word out uh, to, to a lost and dying world because we know, God, that it is what changes hearts and minds. It's what you use to save people. And so, uh, Lord, I pray for that ministry this morning. Uh, Lord, be with us this morning as we worship you. Use this offering, God, to further your kingdom for our missionaries around the world on a local level and also uh, the ones that we have hired around the world, God, that the gospel will be preached and shared and people will be saved. We love you, God. In your name I pray. Amen.
This song here don't get your blood boiling. I don't know what does. Where's your joy at? Are we happy to be in the house of the Lord? Man, taking it back a little bit. Have you been to Jesus? The things he Are you washed in blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in his grace? Are you washed in blood of the Lamb? Are you washed?
Praise the Lord. Yeah, good job. All right, you may be seated this morning. Our kids can go downstairs to Children's Church, second grade and below if they would like to this morning. We take God's Word very, very serious, and I would love to be able to do this every single Sunday. So kids, pay attention. If you know, if you can do this, come up here. Jaden, come on up here. It's pretty impressive. He's been working. He's been working. Don't be nervous. Coach is here, right? One of my football players. Go ahead. Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, 1 Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, James, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Jude, Revelation. Good job. Good job, young man. Good job. Good job. How many of you adults can do that? Right? All right. God's word's important. We, we want to send God's word out to every part of the world. Alan, thank you for joining us today. He has, we have a video, uh, and then you, you get up here and you talk, okay?
time I watch that, guys, that's the life-giving, saving message of Jesus Christ that we have, the ability to give out. These are the hotel Bibles that you saw in the video, so that's one of the things that we hand out. And then we also have the Testament, so if you're familiar with school distributions, many of you may have gotten those when you're in junior high school, but I want to share with you this morning that at the end of last year, the Gideons it went over the 2.5 billion mark. So we've handed out more than 2.5 billion scriptures. So think about those real-life testimonies that you just saw in that video a moment ago. 2.5 billion times that word of God has been placed in a location, a hotel, a hospital, a nursing home, a school, a prison, uh, college campuses. It's gone out all over the world. Recently, we had a group just come back from Mexico City in a 10-day distribution, they handed out over 600,000 of the small testaments. We had a group that just finished up in Nicaragua. And so that, when you support the Gideons, that's what you're doing. We are an extension of you reaching out to a lost and dying world that needs to have that word of God placed in their hands. So thank you for your support. Anytime that we go on a distribution like that, we pay for our own way. So any, any donation that you might give through the Gideon service today or through becoming a friend of the Gideon, 100% of that goes to purchase those scriptures. We do not, does not pay our way to go do that. Um, Pastor, I wanted to share three new things that the Gideons are doing since Terry Arndt was with you last year. Number one, we are allowed to go to places that have food distributions, Christ-centered food distribution programs. So this Friday, we had a group of Gideon men go to Destiny Church with their distribution. They handed out 126 testaments in the cars that were lined up. Um, Seymour, King's Pantry, there's a, a diaper distribution uh, in Seymour. There's one in Rogersville. We go and we hand those out. Uh, most recently, one of the challenges that we've had in the, in the, is in the school districts, not Marshfield and Niangua, but Seymour, Rogersville, and Fordland would not let us come to distribute. They have now agreed to let us take testaments and place them on the tables. As, as you walk in the door, there's a table with resources, so God's opened open that door for us. Speaking with Pastor earlier, one of the challenges I would like for you to pray about as we go forward is the hotel here in Marshville will not allow us to put Bibles so please pray that God's going to open up a door for us to do that, just like you mentioned where you went in Nashville. And then uh, lastly, the one thing that I did want to mention that's brand new is the Gideons are partnering with local churches to provide personal witnessing training. It's absolutely free. I came back from Nashville about five or six months ago, went through that process. So pastor, if you feel like that's a need for your church, please see me and we can talk about how we can provide res free resources to your church in terms of how to become better at personal witnessing. And so I want to, um, I just want to encourage you this morning, uh, please give. Okay, uh, that's the 2.5 billion scriptures that have gone out around the world, nationally, locally, internationally. That's as a result of great congregations like yourselves partnering with us to do the work of sending out, sending out that message of Christ. And so, Pastor, um, in, in closing, I know I have a very brief window this morning, uh, but I want you to, I guys want you to understand also that in the back, uh, outside, there is a Gideon display case. If you've never seen it before, please check that out. Um, unfortunately, during COVID, a lot of people passed away, 
uh, and people would take a card and they would fill it out and give it to the family. So instead of sending flowers or a financial contribution, they would send uh, $25, dollars $100, whatever it might be, in memory of that person to the Gideons. And those cards are out there. And I actually have one extra card that y'all don't have access to. It's a pastor appreciation card. So, pastor, here's a appreciation card just expressing uh, from the Gideons and myself, thank you for serving in this capacity. My wife and I are making a $25 donation on behalf of you and your family to purchase five of those uh, hotel Bibles. So, uh, just wanted to share that with you this morning. Thank you guys for your uh, past support. Uh, appreciate any future support that you can do. And lastly, before I step down, everybody should have gotten one of those handouts. If you didn't, I apologize. I've got some more in my car. Uh, but you can sign up to become a friend of the Gideon. It does not cost you anything, but it will keep you informed of distributions, prayer needs. And then if you decide that you want to become a partner, uh, please, see, please sign up to do that. And, and you can actually become a financial partner to help us out as we purchase scriptures for, for our county, for our city, our county, for our state, nation, and for the rest of the world. Pastor, thank you so much this morning for allowing me to come speak to you. God bless you. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. <clears throat> God's word is alive and active, uh, and it is what changes people's hearts. It is. And so, hey, if you live, what did you say, Fordland, Seymour, Rogersville? Hey, you live in those school districts, you better be calling your school board members and, and getting them involved. I mean, that, that's important that we as the church don't take a back seat anymore. Don't take a back seat. Get involved with this kind of stuff. Uh, a great organization, um, and there's much more information uh, out there, like he said. You'll have an opportunity. He'll be at the back of the, uh, the church after our morning service if you want to make a donation directly to the Gideons today. The church is also this morning, uh, and it's a great organization. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, this morning to John chapter 12. I told you guys, we, we just got through preaching through the book of 1 John. <clears throat> Forgive my voice. I feel good. It's part coming back from a cold, and I think a little bit of yelling from Missouri Tigers yesterday, but uh, John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. We got through going through the book of 1 John, and I told you over the next several weeks, I wanted to do some stuff leading up to Easter, and I really um, didn't know what we're going to talk about, but I, I, I saw this passage, and uh, it's just, it's an amazing, I don't know if I've ever preached over it before, uh, but it's just an amazing passage, and there's so many lessons here. John chapter 12, verses 1 through, through 8. It says this, Six days before Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at the table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume, but Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used it to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you will always have with you, but you do not always have me. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you again this morning for the opportunity to come uh, today and, and preach your word. And, and uh, Lord, I thank you for Alan coming and sharing uh, the import, important work that the Gideons are doing. I believe with all my heart, God, that you use these Bibles uh, to, to lead people to faith. 
And so we as a church, God, it's so important to get the word out, uh, not only in our own country, but around the world. And so, uh, God, I thank you for the organization, the opportunity to support them this morning. What a joyous day it is for our church with Mike and Kim here. Many answered prayers this week as Mindy is going to be discharged tomorrow. Uh, God, there's, I'm, I'm just happy to be here this morning, God, and I, I'm grateful to have this body of believers. Uh, Lord, so as we, we go through your word this morning, I pray that you are glorified and honored. And Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, I pray today is the day that they have an understanding in their heart that they've violated you and you're the only way to be saved. It's in your name I pray, God. Amen. Uh, so I want, I want to do start this leading up to uh, Easter. And there's all sorts of different events that happened uh, and why they're important. And I, uh, this morning I want to focus on one that's mentioned in all four Gospels. Um, only one gives her name, and that is the book of John. It identifies the woman as Mary of Bethany, the sister to Martha and Lazarus. Uh, some of the other Gospels, one of the other Gospels which we will look at, mentions uh, this happening a year before. So there's, there's uh, in fact, there's two different times that it mentions Jesus' feet were washed. But uh, it, it is it, the other three mentioned it happened right before uh, he was betrayed. And so that's what we're going to focus on. We're leading up to Easter and the death of Jesus on the cross. Uh, and the first really thing I want to take away this morning, it's kind of an abbreviated sermon, but the first thing I want to take away is that Jesus was anointed ahead of his death and burial as a king. This is significant because when you became a king, when you were a king, you were anointed. So I, I, we're going to do a little bit of flipping. Turn to Matthew chapter 26 real quick. Matthew 26. Verses 6 through 13. And it talks about this in these verses, and this is the, one of the parallel uh, passages for John. It says, Now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him with an alabaster flask, a very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. When the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? She has done a beautiful thing for me. For you will always have the poor with you, but not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly I say to you, whoever, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. So she may have not have realized what she was doing, but she was anointing the Lord Jesus and preparing him for burial. And this is very significant because in the Old Testament, when somebody was made a king in Israel, they were anointed ahead of time. Saul, uh, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 10, Samuel poured oil on Saul's head and anointed him the king of Israel. Later on, uh, in chapter 13 in the same book, uh, in verses 12 and 13, Samuel does the same thing with David, the youngest son of Jesse, and anoints him king. So kings in the Old Testament were anointed, and what is she doing for Jesus? She is anointing Jesus' head. She is proclaiming, as the book of Revelation chapter 19, 16 says, that he is the king of kings and the Lord of Lords. She may have not understood that she was doing that, but that's what she was doing. And that is extremely important that we understand that Jesus is the King. He is the Lord of Lords and that He is our Lord. Jesus alone reigns supreme as King. 
all other kingdoms on this earth, including our own in the United States, will crumble. He will rule absolutely and supremely. There is no other higher authority in our life or anywhere in the world than Jesus Christ. God raised him from the dead and placed him over everything. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Verses 20 through 23. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 20 through 23. It says that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age but in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's kind of a mic drop. Jesus is above everything. He is supreme. Everything is under his authority. There is no other name. Every Scripture teaches us that every knee will bow. In heaven, on earth, under the earth, everybody is going to recognize that Jesus is Lord and King of kings. Just like Mary did. And hey, listen, somebody can say they're an atheist. Somebody can go to their grave not believing in Jesus. When it says every knee is going to bow, that means everybody is going to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. The thing is, the question is, not whether you're going to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and King of Kings. It's where you're going to do it. You're either going to recognize that fact on this earth while we have the opportunity to repent and turn from our sins and put our faith and trust in Christ, or you're going to do it in a, in, in a place of torment for all eternity where you don't have the chance to repent and turn from sin. It's not a matter of whether you're going to believe in Jesus. It's when you're going to believe in Jesus. He is the Lord of Lords, King of Kings. The second thing about this anointing is that Mary is a point, a, a, a anointing points to Jesus as a servant king. If you go back to John uh, chapter 12, John chapter 12, go back there. In verse 3, it says, Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. So... I want to make sure we understand just how significant this was for her to do to Jesus uh, in that time period. Anybody remember, um, it's been several years ago, but when President Bush was in the Middle East and he was doing a press conference and, and somebody from the Middle East, it was a, a reporter that had gotten into the press conference, picked up their shoe and threw it at President Bush and he did like a dodge there and the shoe goes flying by his head and then the secret service run in and jump on the guy and drag him out you guys remember that well that he did that and everyone in america's like yeah it's crazy what in the world's he doing in there there in the middle east in in their customs your feet 
are nasty. It is considered the nastiest part of your body. So for him to take his sandal off and throw it at the president was a huge sign of disrespect. In the Middle East, you don't touch people's feet. And especially in this time period, you got to think about the sanitation. They walked around with sandals. Their feet are filthy. People didn't have indoor plumbing. You understand where I'm going with this? The streets are covered in waste and nastiness. Jesus walks into the house. It is customary, we'll get to this in a second, we'll get to it now I guess, it's customary that the person washes, if you come into their house, they wash your feet. Well, we're going to see here in a few minutes, that didn't happen. Not by who, who was supposed to do the washing. Who does, who does the washing? Mary with what? Her hair. Her hair. Think about that. She is humbling herself before the Lord Jesus and washing his feet, not only with what the value is in the denarii, about a year's worth of wages. A year's worth of wages. She takes and buys ointment and anoints his feet and his head and washes them with her hair. That is humbleness. It is also pointing in the next chapter of John to Jesus doing the exact same thing for the disciples. In the very next chapter, in John 13, 1 through 20, we're not going to read it, but Jesus sets an example for all of us. He sets the example of being a servant king. That is unheard of. When you're the king, you have people wait on you. You're the top dog. you got servants. The kings would sit back in chairs. You've seen them in the old movies. They get fanned. Somebody bring me grapes to eat. I'm the king. I can do what I want. Jesus didn't do that. In, in chapter 13, what does he do? He washes his disciples' feet. He sets the example Ephesians 5.2 says, And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Not only does he wash the disciples' feet, now we get the big picture. He gives sacrificial love by going to the cross that he didn't deserve for us. There is no greater sacrifice. There's no more amount of love that I can talk about. That Jesus never sinned, was perfect and holy Yet he humbles himself to death on a cross in service to us, in service to us, while we were still sinners, while we're still rejecting him. Listen, wow, that's the example that we're supposed to follow with each other. We're supposed to follow each other. Fellas, how many of you have your big chair at home? You have your big chair. You're the king of the house, right, fellas? Well, maybe some of you don't want to admit it, right? I'm the king of the house. That's not what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be the humble servants of our household. Now, think about this. Philippians 2.3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. That is servant leadership. That's, that's what he's saying is act like Jesus. That other people are more important than yourself. That's literally what Jesus did. I think about this sometimes. I think about what would our families look like if everyone had the humble servant attitude of Christ Jesus. 
I tell the kids that sometimes when they're fighting and bickering over, I want the iPod or I want the charger on the phone. My phone's dying or whatever it is. Usually about a charger or something, right? Not, might not have good kids. It's, it's me. Savannah says that's me. It probably is sometimes, right? <laughs> but think about that. If every family, if every family looked like a humble servant of Christ Jesus. Now think about this. Take this a little further. What about in here? What if a whole church full of people, the church body, just always counted others as more significant than themselves? Can you imagine the love and the atmosphere that it would just constantly be? Just servants. This concept of servant leadership, it's foreign to us. We absolutely live in a me-first society. Take care of me. What do I want? I, I, I. Right? That's the kind of society we live in. Jesus is the example. He is the example. If we want to become first, we become servants. If you want to be the king, be the servant. In each one of these accounts in the Gospels, the woman pours out a precious and costly perfume in an amazing act of worship. It's an amazing act of worship. Sacrificial servants. That is what Christ was and that's what we see from her. He was a king, but he came to serve. Take that attitude. All right, here's the last point. Here's the last point. Go to Luke chapter 7. Here's another uh, trans, uh, uh, parallel version of this. Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 47. Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 47. It says, one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at the table in the, mass, in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisee who invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet... He would have known who and what sort of woman this, this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now which of them will love him more? Simon answered, the one I suppose from whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but he who is forgiven... But he who is forgiven little, loves little. Now this account in Luke is about a year before Jesus' death on the cross. So he's reclining at the table of Simon the Pharisee, and Simon neglects the customary hospitality to a guest. So this sinful woman, who the other Gospels say is Mary, is anointing Jesus' feet. 
Simon, he's a proud, religious man. He thinks to himself, if Jesus was really a prophet, if he was really from God, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. And he would say, get away from me. He, he would, should want nothing to do with somebody like that. Oh, but you know one thing I love about our Lord, one of many, is that he knows the heart. And so he, he tells this parable. He tells this parable about the forgiving debtor. And guys, this is a message to us. This is a message to us. Some of you saw this week the video that some of our brothers made in the freeway house, singing their hearts out to Christ, right? Singing their hearts out to the Lord, praises to Jesus. There are many Christians that if you don't meet their certain standard of dress, if you don't meet their certain standard of background, they would not welcome you. They would have the attitude of the Pharisee. Look down on people from, from social status. They don't make enough money to hang out with me. They're not good enough for me. They would look at the, a background and say, they've done horrible things in their life. I don't want them to be around me and judge them. And you know what they forget? And what many times we who have been Christians a long time, we can forget Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Many times we forget it. The longer that we are believers and becoming more Christ-like should make us realize even more how short we fall. Not that we've arrived. Not that we've done something special. But many times, guys, the opposite happens. The very opposite happens. When we truly understand what all Christ has forgiven us from, when we understand what he has saved us from, it should make us drop to our knees in sacrificial love and worship of Jesus. It should make us drop to our knees. Luke 7, 47. Therefore I tell you, her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But he is forgiven little, loves little. You know, Jesus taught this lesson a whole bunch. He taught this lesson over and over. It's the first thing he says on the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, he said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Jesus is saying the exact same thing in Matthew 5 that he said to Simon in Luke chapter 7. When you're broken over your sin, when you mourn over your sin, when you are poor in spirit and realize that I can't offer anything good to God because I am a, a horrible sinner, I have violated God's law. When you realize that, that your good works cannot save you. When you, are, when, you, when you realize that, you are poor in spirit. It's the understanding that you don't have, we don't have anything to offer to God. We're in a desperate situation with no way to get us out. All throughout scripture, you know what I see over and over and over? I see people that when they're broken over their sin, broken over their spiritual condition, when they realize they haven't arrived, that's when God's working in their life. That's when God works. That's when God uses them. 
over and over. I see it. I talked to my nephew about this last night on the way back from Nashville. I mean, our trip home actually flew by because we spent like three hours talking about Scripture and the Bible and God's Word with one another. And we, we, just, we, did, we had a great time. The girls were back there taking a nap because it was getting late, right? But we just poured over God's Word together. You know what I told them? I said, hey, every single person that I see that God uses in Scripture, all of them, are not people that man would say is a good fit for the role. None of them are. You think about it. Think about King David. I mentioned King David earlier. Samuel goes to Jesse, and what does he say? He says, Line, bring your boys out here. I'm paraphrasing. It's in 1 Samuel. Bring your boys out here. You got some scrapping young men. Warriors, strong, fighting the army. They come out and they line up. And, and he would think, surely it's one of them. Surely one of them is going to be the king. And Samuel says, no, it's not any of these. Don't you have another son? And Jesse's like, ah, yeah, but David. David's out in the field tending the sheep. Little ruddy David. You don't want David. Well, bring David here. And you know what? One of the most amazing verses in Scripture. It says, man looks at outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Man looks at things like, oh, I can't believe that you would let Jesus, that woman, anoint your feet. I can't believe you would associate with that person. I can't believe that. That's the way man looks at things. God looks at the heart. He, Jesus is our example here. Guys, I'm telling you, here's the deal. As we head towards Easter, and we start getting closer and closer in the next few weeks, my prayer is that you realize just truly how much you've been forgiven from. You realize the price that Jesus paid for you on the cross. That you're not special. I'm not special. You know what we are? We're forgiven. We're forgiven. We're forgiven about how much our sin truly cost. And you know what? When you do that, you love much in Easter. You love much. You realize what Jesus did for you on the cross. Hey, some of us have been Christians in here a long time. And we need to go back and just remember what Jesus saved us from. When you do that, you get drawn into worship. All throughout Scripture. I'm going to close with this. In Luke chapter 18. It's my last verse. Verses 9 through 14. Luke 18. Verses 9 through 14. It's one of my favorite passages in Scripture. I've shared it with you guys a lot. I feel like I do a lot. It says, He told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed, God, I thank you I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, even this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing afar, would not even lift his eyes to heaven but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you this, the man went, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. 
You know how you humble yourself? You realize that without Christ, we're nothing. We're nothing. Nothing. That's being poor in spirit. Thanking the Lord. And listen, you know what? You know who he uses? You, you say, hey, I've been a Christian a long time. I want him to use me for his kingdom. You know the people that he used, that Jesus picked, were just people that didn't have anything to brag about. Jesus did this over and over. He, he first starts with calling some fishermen who can't even catch any fish. They're not good fishermen. They're not good fishermen. And then he goes to Matthew, a stealing tax collector. These are the guys that Jesus uses to change the world? Yes. He uses ridiculous situations. You may be here and say, I don't know that God can use me. I don't know. I, I've done too many horrible things. That's exactly the kind of person that God uses. He always makes sure that we have nothing to brag about. You know, one of my favorite stories, one I told my nephew last night, how ridiculous it sounds when, when God tells Joshua to lead the people to Jericho. And then Jericho's a huge city. Walls. It's fortified. And we got an army. Surely we're going to build some catapults. We're going to break the walls down. God says, Joshua, just have the people march around the city every day for seven days. And on the seventh day, march around seven times. And on the last time, blow some horns and take a big yell and the walls will come down. Can you imagine Joshua going back to his commanders? Okay, fellas, I got the battle plan today. We're just going to walk around the city and then we're going to yell. Can you imagine what his commanders are looking at Joshua going, are you kidding me? That's how we're going to beat this city? But you know what they did? They just trusted God. And God took an impossible situation. That man would say, there's no way that will work. And what happened to the city? It comes crashing down. Listen, I am closing with this. I am closing with this. Maybe you're here today and you say, this is an impossible situation in my life. There's no way that God can work this out. There's no way that he can work me out. There's no way. You know what you need to do? Trust him. Humble yourself and say, God, you got this. I'm just going to trust you. And you know what? When we do that, he works. He works. He works. I want to say there's nobody here. There's nobody here that has done something too bad that God can't forgive them from. Nothing. There's nobody here that's done something that God can't change the situation for good to glorify him. All you do is humble yourself. That's it. That's it. It's amazing. It's amazing that me and Mike, me and Skylar, are, Mike's, we're, we're, we're here. We're brothers in Christ. There's no other thing, Denny said this morning, besides the Lord Jesus, that would have me and Mike going out to lunch today. No way. No way. But yeah, here we are. Here we are. I'm asking you to stand this morning. All you got to do is humble yourself. Humble yourself and trust the Lord. If you need to come today, you come. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning for your word. I thank you for the model that you've displayed here, the servant leadership. You are the King of kings and Lord of lords. 
you are a, a, a servant, that you give us the example to follow in being a servant king. And Lord, it doesn't matter our background. When we just trust you, you work it out. Some of us here today, maybe we've been followers for a long, long time. And we've hardened ourselves. And we forgot just how much we've been forgiven from. I pray today that as we start working up to Easter, we start working up to celebrating your death, burial, and resurrection, that you remind us we don't have anything good. The only good we have is you. And we worship you because of that. Lord, I love this church body. If there's anybody here today that doesn't know you, if there's anybody here today that just, Lord, they need to trust you with the situation in their life, I pray today they do that. And we humble ourselves. And you'll exalt us. In your name I pray. Amen. the spirit was moving over the water spirit come move over us come rest on us come rest on us as the spirit was moving over the water spirit come move over us come
Alan, I'm going to ask Alan to go to the back, and this morning you're going to have an opportunity to support the Gideons uh, and their work in placing Bibles. Uh, Crystal wanted me to tell you this also. Uh, so her dad, Richard, you guys all know Richard. Um, Richard's in his 80s, um, and probably a year ago, may have been a year and a half ago, um, Richard started attending a church here, and he, uh, he wanted to talk to me one night, and we went into my office, and I had the opportunity, you guys know this, but I had the opportunity to share the gospel with him. And we spent about an hour in there, and Richard professed Christ as his Lord and Savior in his 80s, and we baptized him. And uh, he's been battling cancer for a while, and he is not doing good. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm going to go see him this week, but I want you to pray for Crystal and her family and Richard. And he, like he told her, he said, I'm ready to go to heaven. And I don't blame him, you know, but pray for their family, because uh, it's... We're selfish, right? We want to keep people here. and um, but, but we have hope. And we have, when, when a believer goes to heaven, it's a good thing, right? And so we pray for healing this morning. We pray for Richard. We pray for healing for him and for God's will to be done in that situation. But keep the family in your prayers. Maybe we can set up a, a, a schedule this week, maybe to bring some meals, ladies, and uh, we'll do anything we can to help him, but pray for Crystal and her family and Richard. Uh, here's the benediction today. Um, it is James 4.10. It's humble yourselves before the Lord and he'll exalt you. I pray that we are humbling ourselves as we're reading, uh, leading up to Easter. This is, this is a, a humbling that shouldn't, it should happen your whole life. Uh, and in fact, we get more humble as we longer we become followers of Christ. It shouldn't be the other way where we become proud like we've done something. We should be even more humble and thankful for what Christ has done uh, for us. So I want to close with this. With uh, If we could get this mic on. I'm going to ask Mike to close us in prayer this morning. It's so good, brother, having you back on this front row in the spit zone. Uh, Heavenly Father, Lord, I just, Lord, we do praise you. And Jeff is so right. Lord, is. Um, unfortunately, Lord, that uh, if we go by our flesh, Lord, the longer we walk with you, it's easy for us to become puffed up and arrogant and prideful. Uh, but, Lord, uh, you say to God that in uh, Ephesians 4.32 that, that uh, be kind and tenderhearted and forgiving one another as you have forgiven us. And that whole passage, that verse teaches us that we've been forgiven so much that no matter what happens to us in this life, that, that we're able to dose out that forgiveness to other people because what we've already received in you. And so, Lord, we just thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for um, bringing us into your uh, family and adopting us into your family. And I just pray, God, that for each one of us as we walk out here today, that we would uh, apply these truths to our lives. Help us walk in a way that's worthy of our calling. Help us, Lord, be a light to the people we come in contact with this week. 
and uh, and one of the marks of a Christian, Lord, when people see us and how we live and how we talk and the things that we do, they should see a humble person. So help us be that person, Lord. We ask these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Find me. 